Welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast. This is episode... What was that? Oh, yeah, because I pointed at you. (laughs) That's for the cameras. The the pointing was for the cameras, but for the podcast, no one knew. You are... Dude, slam jam. Slam jam. Slam jam. Um, And this, what I was about to say was this is episode five of season two. We are doing some crazy things. None of these have been released yet. It's getting very confusing for us. Um... We've promised like YouTube and we've promised like Twitter to the Twitter or Periscope stream is not happening today because I didn't have all the requisite equipment. YouTube becomes less and less of a possibility by by the day because I keep trying to do I used to use Windows Movie Maker to do stuff like this. And now that doesn't exist anymore. And it's easy to use form. And YouTube used to have another video editor that was very easy. All I want to do is take this sound file and merge it with those video files. And, and it's like impossible. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and it's impossible. So I've got this new like Lightworks program, which is supposed to be good, and it seems good, but the the audio is definitely slower than the video. So by the time an hour and 20 minute video is finished, I have an hour and 40 minutes of audio, which is not easy to especially because these GoPro they they go in clips of 12 minutes. Yeah. So like you have to match every segment up. It's like impossible. So if if we've released this episode and there are no YouTube videos, maybe <laughs> maybe someone listening can be like, "I know how to help you guys." I can I we'll put them up retroactively. So there'll be that. Okay? So Speaking of YouTube videos, we don't tell enough stories on here, I don't think. Dude, tell one. Speaking of, this isn't much of a story. This could be actually super boring. Like, this could be a bad move. But you sent me those YouTube videos of Robert Sapolsky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The uh, he is, I thought he worked at Harvard, but those videos make it seem like he worked at Stanford. Yeah. Or at least he's uh, doing a lecture at Stanford. Mm-hmm. But really what I'm talking about is how Joe Rogan has a YouTube that goes with his podcast yeah. and that podcast is set up less professionally than this one. Don't you think? You think so? I mean, you saw what it was, right? You watched it. I mean, that is a, Oh, that one isn't Joe Rogan's podcast. I, like the most popular podcast. Yeah, in the but nation? I think he like met him somewhere. Probably because all the other ones like, all right, Joe Rogan's really podcast laboratory. Sorry, Joe, you can come on this show <laughs> if you want, but I've never watched Joe. your show before. I know it's very popular. It's nothing against you. I just have a very limited scope of the podcast that I listen to. Mostly because I do, if I get into something, I do really deep dives into it. So I'm going to, if I find a podcast, I'm going to listen to all episodes oh, of that damn. podcast There's that like have happened. a thousand happened. of them. Oh, I know. I, I, oh, of Even Joe more, Rogan's. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he, he does them like every day, doesn't he? Practically. Practically, yeah. I mean, that's like a radio show, I guess. That kind of makes yeah. sense. Most of the ones I do are once a week. They're really interesting. They have a lot of... Like, David Lee Roth was on one. Dude, my, my co-worker sent me that one. And he didn't tell me... He just showed me the different episodes. And he was like, dude, this guy is crazy. <laughs> and, it's, and it was a picture. And I looked at the picture, and the top one was David Lee Roth. Yeah. And I was like, well, obviously, I know who he's talking uh-huh. about. 
So, so yeah. Um, but anyway, I watched that. That was really all I wanted to say was that his setup was just like one of those snowball mm-hmm. microphones in the in in between the two of them, and they're like hunched over yeah. this small table. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so anyway, check that out if you want to get a good. If you want us to look good by comparison for one episode, that's what I'm saying. Cool. Cool. So. The reason I started off with what episode this was is because we're bouncing around a little bit. See, the theme of season two of the Wet Bandits podcast, which is what you're listening to right now, is sophomore albums because this is our sophomore season. And we have started off by sort of running through the top five best and top five worst sophomore albums. And we don't want to, we don't really, we've been pairing those together and we want this series to be more than five episodes. So we're going to insert a few different, uh, sophomore albums that aren't in our, you know, that are, that are outside our top five for whatever reason. Um, and talk about those a little bit. And the reason this one that we're going to talk about isn't in the top five sophomore albums is probably just because I, and I should say top five sophomore albums of the nineties might only be because it's disqualified for being from 1984. Yeah, dude. Do you think it would be in your top five sophomore albums ever? Definitely. Do you want to, since it's kind of like your baby, do you want to tell people what it is? Ride the lightning. Ride the lightning from Metallica in 1984. So, yeah, obviously not a 90s album, but definitely, well, I shouldn't say definitely, but I think of Metallica as a 90s band. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Their most, I mean, well, hmm, I was about to say their most popular stuff happened in the 90s, but that's not true. Yeah. Um, their most popular singular album is from the 90s. Yeah. I would say so. Definitely. As a Metallica fan, you're blinded. Yeah. Because the masses know the Black Album. Mm. They even today, like I know that they've been around long enough that the Black Album is like old, but that was their best selling album at the Dude, time. I think it still sells like five thousand copies a week. It's. It, I don't. I wish I'd looked this up. Well, we aren't talking. And someday we'll talk about the Black Album. Yeah. For sure. But there is some crazy stat that it was in the Billboard 200 for like multiple years. Yeah. Like it just never dropped off. So I have a mustache here in my nose. It's too heavy to move, bro. <laughs> it's too heavy to move. So yeah. So that's why I, I think they're a 90s band. And that's why I think it's okay that we're talking about yeah. this. I It would be hard for me to do like Led Zeppelin 2. Right. There's there's not much of an argument for us to talk about them on this show. But we can talk about Ride the Lightning. So usually we like to start off with like how we were introduced to it, like how this album came into our life. Dude, I, got the, I got the LP right here. Oh, my God. Put that up for the cameras. We'll post this on Instagrams and stuff. So... That, that is not bought from, you know, Amazon.com reprint. Dude. That's an actual like 1984. Yeah, I found it, bro. Dude, in this, I just found this. This is unbelievable. We have to describe what this is for the podcast. So he pulled out an eight and a half by eleven inch sheet of paper. It is a thick cardstockish. It is. It is discolored by time, dude. It's it's yellowed. It it's like Does when it you smell? had to. Not really. 
I was hoping it smelled like an old library. Book. I thought, yeah, I thought so too. It kind of looks like when you were supposed to make, um, when you were, did like, pro- did you do projects in elementary school where you had to like make old looking paper and you'd paint paper with lemon juice and Maybe. put it in the oven? It's kind of what this looks like. Anyway, it is just this, it's how you buy merch. It's like a metallic, yeah. it says, the top says Metallica Metal Militia Membership. Like they are in with the alliteration, which is smart. One-year membership. Now, you already saw this. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how much a one-year membership is? Dude, $5. $5. To what do you a... think would happen if I mailed that in? <laughs> I don't know. I bet it would be awesome. <laughs> There's a, For those of you listening, there is you just cut off a slip at the bottom and mail in. It's like an order form. And you, you know, mail in what you want how much here's a quiz how much is a metallica metal militia membership so on patch i want to guess a dollar no it's actually more, 10 almost right in the middle 450 so all right you have a second chance yeah, i get that patch for your leather jacket man <laughs> yeah that's right um Enamel badge. It's a red logo on a gold pin. How much does that cost? Six fifty. No, it's actually less than the Soan patch. Three dollars. Um, Metallica button. Red logo on a black background. I'm guessing this is like a pin, like you'd put on your letter jacket. Two dollars. One dollar. Ride the lightning album cover art. One dollar. One fifty. Kill them all cover. One dollar. One dollar. <laughs> so anyway, not expensive. Not expensive. Um, so this was the Amazon.com of nineteen eighty four. A a mail in that is a mint condition piece condish, of paper. Dude. I'm gonna frame this, man. Yeah. Or I might honestly mail it to him. <laughs> dude, we gotta take pictures of it and like frame it and stuff before that. Okay. If you're gonna mail it. Yeah. Like you have to have Dude, Proof. There's a PO box and everything. Yeah, of course. I mean. Nice. Yeah, that's very good. I wonder. W- w- do you think that PO box still belongs to them? Like, how know. long do you keep that PO yeah. box? I have no idea. If, dude, I'm just gonna buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should. Um, that that reminds me. Mint Condition reminded me that you love School of Rock. Dude, yeah, that the classic film with Jack Black. You know the part I just learned this the other day because I was listening to my favorite podcast, Blank Check, and they were talking about this specific scene too. And the host is talking about how he didn't realize this until they were talking about it, and mm-hmm. I was learning about it as he was talking about it. You know the scene where he's talking about uh, trying out for the Philharmonic or whatever. Yeah, and he's like. Yo, yo, ma. Yeah, nailed, I know. Nailed I know. the audition. And then he says, but then they give they give the... he Jack Black says he nailed the audition, didn't get the job. They gave it to Yo, yo, ma's nephew, <laughs> little nepotiz. <laughs> yeah. When I heard for years and years and years, uh-huh. I thought that little nepotiz was like the name of Yo, yo, ma's nephew like his name was nepotisma <laughs> i didn't realize that he was abbreviating two words he was n- n- abbreviating audish and nepotism i didn't ca- i never caught that so i just learned that little nepotiz 
<laughs> anyway. Dude, he created his own language. He did. <laughs> he did. Oh, okay, we're off. I went Anyway, off. you need to watch Jablinski Games. Cause yeah, Jablinski Games. You keep telling Speaking me to watch YouTubes. it. YouTubes. Yeah, oh, that's my stupid keys. The battery's dying. That's my key finder. I threw it against the wall. I hope it stops. It's annoying. I emailed them today, and I was like, hey... You know, I got this thing beeping. What do you? What do I do? And they sent me. I told them I was like, I'm really pleased with my key finder. Mm. Like I've had other, another key finder, and it was a piece of crap. And I'm really, I really like this one, but it's beeping at me. Like, what do you think I do? And I noted that it was like less than six months old, and that was me saying like, I don't think it's the battery. But I didn't say that. And I was like, what do you think I should do? And they emailed me back, and in like the most direct but somehow rude sounding email all they wrote in all lowercase letters was you should try a new battery <laughs> that was all they, wrote. <laughs> they probably get like a hundred of those a day <laughs> that's probably true that's probably true but they it's probably like had it ready and they just pasted it <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true it's like an auto response yeah. it's not a google auto response yeah. <laughs> click you should try a new battery <laughs> that's probably true it doesn't make me feel any better about it though that's not the kind of customer service i like I, I, w- I do customer service emails as part of my day job, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, they get some wordy shit when oh, they yeah. hear back from me. Yeah, but they know what's happening. Like, they know what happened to them or whatever they're, they know what they're getting or yeah, whatever. You are good with those emails, bro. I try. They're lengthy, but I try to make them entertaining. So anyway, back to Ride the Lightning. So I think I interrupted you. We were about to say how this album came into your life now this is again this is kind of like your baby and normally you go first but i can go first if you'd rather if you have like a good story about this maybe we should say you have a good story man okay well when did you maybe this is you told me before that your first album that you got was injustice for all yeah and what came after that and and did they all come like one after another or was your like a slow boil into metallica no i was like immediately hooked so, like, I think, like, I got Injustice for All, Master of Puppets, probably Ride the Lightning, and then the Black Album. The was Black like, Album was that late? Yeah. Why? It's just, like, I was hooked on the thrash, bro. Yeah. And, like, I was playing drums to all this shit yeah. at, at the time, so. Right. I mean, not that the drums aren't good on the Black Album. Yeah. But, the, you know, I remember just playing all the way through ride the lightning like with my headphones on yeah but i could never master fight fire with fire really is too extreme bro could you do it now <laughs> not that double bass bro yeah you don't use the double bass though no <laughs> if you had one could you i'd have to practice you bro. definitely could come on anyway so i'll tell you how i got into this is this is more how i got into metallica okay um Ride the Lightning was this third of my Metallica albums. Well, wait, wait. So, like, sorry to interrupt, bro. No. I saw Metallica live in, like, 08. Where? At the shot. Okay. Shot in Scene Center at Ohio State. Yeah, word. And, um, like, I knew most of their stuff, but I didn't know, like, Ride the Lightning all the way through. And then they played creeping death but i didn't know it at the time oh. and then the, in the middle they had like the drums and the bass going i'm like yeah this song is awesome how i don't i know this song right you know so i just 
went through like all their albums trying to find this song and I found it and it was nice. Creeping Death on Ride the Lightning. That's a good story. Yeah. That's good. So my story begins in seventh grade football. All right. So I was a meek little boy and I didn't listen to modern music. Like, so in seventh grade, how old are people in seventh grade? Like 13? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like 13, 12 or 13. I don't know. And uh, I'm starting out for, or trying out for football. Not that it, no one gets cut. So uh-huh. you're not really trying out. You're on the seventh and eighth grade football team. Same, like you're on the same team. And I was a very like nervous child. And I only listened to oldies in my car with my parents. And my parents were not controlling. It was just one of those things that I thought I wasn't supposed to listen to, like, music that kids listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought my parents thought rap was bad. Rap yeah. was really popular, of course. And so I was like, oh, that's bad. Like, I don't want to listen to that. It sucks, you know. But so anyway, I, I didn't really branch out. And I, and I still, but at this time in seventh grade, I still hadn't really. And... Um, but, and I shouldn't have been playing football. Like my mom, uh, my, my mother's side of the family has a long line of good football players. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my mom, I think had dreams of me being like a great football player and I was not. So, I, but anyway, I showed up for seventh grade football and this is, the <laughs> I, I'll tell the Metallica part first All right. and then I'll tell the other part of the story. So you know, you're in the locker room and you're listening to Enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. Like that was, kids were into it. And so, um, I remember thinking like, this song is cool. Like it was enough that I recognized it. Like I never watched MTV. Yeah. I never like, I never had really any other, um, access to Metallica other than that locker room. And it made enough of an impression that I was like, oh yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. Um, and then when Load came out, Until It Sleeps was pretty sweet and by that time it was like three years later i was into that kind of music and so i think load was the first one i got Mm. and then and then the black album and then this was third like after the black album i was like sort of like i just said i do with podcasts once i got into a band i often like went back and got everything they did right and i was like stuck with them for a while and so ride the lightning was the third of theirs that i got and then i bought all of them i stopped Load is the, or Death Mag, I have Death Magnetic, Mm -hmm. but I don't have Reload. I don't have um, Garage Inc. I do have S&M, which is kind of different because it's like a live album. Um, But I don't have anything like new, I don't have St. Anger. I don't have the newest one. Hardwired. Yeah. Um, So basically I have everything between Ride the Lightning and Load. I never got Kill Em All. Yeah. For some reason, the cover disturbed me. It's kind of a. It's like it's it's t- it's plain, mm. and the blood doesn't look real at all, and it didn't disturb me in a creepy way. It disturbed me like, uh, what the hell? What is this? Yeah. This is like crap. You know, like, disturbed is the wrong word. I was confused by it. Mm. Like, if you want to make something look super badass, like, why does it look so fake? Yeah. You know? uh, I I think that's it's also like, old. We we talked about this before. I like. There's somewhat a cheesiness to some metal. I, I'm really thirsty and I keep taking big drinks like while you're trying to ask uh-huh. me a question. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a main that is a major theme, I think, of nineties music. And right. and good metal. Is like, and this is what's wrong with music today. Go ahead and say what you were gonna say. Oh, like right here on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read some sheet. of this. It's funny. 
Metallica's fight for world domination was made easier by the fallen wonderful human beings. Yeah. You know, like they, the they fight for world domination. Their yeah. second album. <laughs> their second <laughs> album <laughs> is about the fight for world domination. Like, I think the thing, this is what I was saying about music. The thing that music, I'm going to say this a million times uh-huh. in the life of this podcast, but the thing that I think musicians don't get now is that this is a joke. Like this, uh, this is very tongue in cheek. Like Metallica thinks this is funny. Yeah, I mean, look at this font, dude. It's like medieval. Yeah, the font on the on their album that like says like Cliff Burton bass, James Hetfield rhythm guitar and vocals. It looks like a Monty like, Python font. Yeah. <laughs> um, it actually looks a lot like a beer that I can't put my finger on something but it's dude. like the the best example is the lowercase d that's made to yeah. look like an o yeah <laughs> lars ulrich drums yeah like this is just the it's just like cheesy and it's it's over the top like that's a, that was their like aesthetic yeah it's over the top the, even their name like the name metallica is a great band name dude but it's also like a little bit tongue-in-cheek like yeah. funny so I, I don't know if people don't what people didn't grasp was that you could both be a raging alcoholic and still have like a little bit of a sense of humor about your music. Mm. Like I think sometimes people mix up the lifestyle. Right. Like the the literally like suicidal lifestyle that people like you know, slash and Duff McKay like the mm. Guns N' Roses guys and you know, the Metallica guys and um, a bunch of those bands have where they drink themselves to death. Like, they attach that too much to the type of music they play. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the music has to be, like, dead serious all the time. Just yeah, because they yeah. led a sad life, kind of, you know. Um, these guys are, like, these guys are funny. Yeah. Like, a lot of these musicians are funny. Yeah. And they know that this is, like, Dude, I think that's why music is just shitty now. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because because they release it and they, they act like it's got to be their life story. Uh-huh. Like the this is this is who I am. Cut me and I bleed. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like calm down. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a song. So, anyway, we'll be talking about that more and more, I'm sure. Even through the discussion of this album. So, let me continue with my tale. So that's that's the end pretty much of how I got into Metallica. But what I wanted to tell you is this dark story from my life. About me, like, getting bullied a little bit. Not really bullied. It was just the... I was never going to make it in football from the second I walked into that locker room. Right? So, seventh grade football, you got to get some equipment beforehand. Mm -hmm. Right? And you go in there, and you go to the parent meeting or whatever, and they're like... You know, they need this, this, and this, and go and get it. And we, get, so I'm going to like Dunham Sports with my dad, and we're getting all the stuff we need. And I'm, at, I'm like, do I need a cup? My dad's like, no. Football players don't wear cups, which is objectively, from what I've heard from former professional football players on radio and stuff, now that is true. Football mm-hmm. players don't wear cups, it just gets in the way, and they're really uncomfortable. But, if you were a seventh grader in Grandview football, apparently you did. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I was the only one who showed up without one. And if you're in seventh grade and you're the only player who shows up without a cup, clearly that means you don't have a dick. 
clearly. Or at least that was going to be the narrative moving oh, forward. Man. So that was not cool for someone who was already nervous about being there in the first place. So that that's my sad story. So parents, raise your kids right. If they're going to seventh grade football practice, and this is the ironic thing, my dad's motto for life is better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Uh. Like, couldn't he have just bought me a $5 <laughs> cup and then if I showed up and no one was wearing one, I could have not used it. Instead, I show up with like nothing, like jock strap, <laughs> you know, like, like, well, shit, I guess, shit. Uh, I guess this is my, I, I'm the laughing stock now. So that's how I got introduced to Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> so all right let's get into it right usually what we do is we just talk about three songs on each album but this song is or this album is only eight songs long so let's um i i think we'll follow the same format we're talking out what we're gonna do right that's right there was no planning we're just gonna get into it here but um I think we'll do it like we normally do, and we'll probably end up talking about cool. all these. So let's start with, if in case you guys didn't know when we're in a cover band together called yeah. The Bandits. <laughs> uh, we're a 90s cover band, so we'll never cover any of these. But a bit we like to do, which has a new name today. What's the new name? Cover It or Cut It. Here we go. So we're going to pick, of this, If if this album came out in the 90s, which of the songs would we cover? Which basically equates to our favorite song on here. Okay? Because we're not going to really consider what we would do well. Frankly, none of this really fits us. Yeah. But I think I should go first. All right, bro. Mainly because, again, this is your this is your jam right here. So if... Oh, man, this is hard. I think... That if I was going to pick one, I think we would cover Creeping Death. One one bad part about uh, all these songs <laughs> is that they're like eight minutes long, and you really need to listen to more of them yeah. to get a good feel for what it's makes like layered, them good. You know, yeah, this is true of a lot of metal. Yeah, like, and we talked about this on, on some level with um, Rage Against the Machine and Evil Empire, like how a lot of songs will actually have like 
three songs glued together. Right. That's kind of what this is. Uh-huh. Just a slower burn. So you'll have like five songs glued together. And you need to hear all of it. Like what makes Creeping Death so cool, and I imagine what makes it such a cool live show, is the breakdown in the middle yeah. where they're chanting, die, die, which again, funny. And it's just good at this kind of sweet, yeah. like not really Jam. a guitar riff. It's just like power chords. <laughs> You know what I never noticed too? What? Is um th- this song starts with like a little guitar riff and then the drums come in and you hear Cliff Burton on the bass go Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that until just now. Yeah, dude, the the bass is like l- lower in the mix, you know. Well, that's it seems like that's true of every mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean except for Call of Cthulhu. Well, right. I guess, yeah. I listened to I listened to Call of Cthulhu mm. specifically because it makes a note like lead bass Cliff Burton. Yeah. I I don't know what part they're talking about. Right there, bro. Lead bass. Well, yeah. <laughs> I see it. But but what part are they talking about? So like it's like probably a little more than high halfway through I can't remember, but he's shredding, bro. He is? Yeah. Should we listen to it right now? We're about to. Here we go. I'm going to go halfway through. Yeah, right there. No, no, no. Like, that's a guitar. You hear it in the back? I think it's after the solo. All right, here we go. It's hard, right? Where do you think it is? Maybe right there. Here? Yeah. Earlier? Yeah. All right, we're going to try again, guys. I hear it. Yeah. But that was not shredding. You hear that like why that's that's the bass. Wait. Should I wait? No, keep going. Okay. No, I can't. I, I don't know, bro. Here's the thing, like, yeah, I did hear that bass. Uh-huh. But first of all, the coolest part about it is whatever envelope filter effect he has on there. What's an envelope filter? It's bro? a t- type of guitar effect. Oh yeah, it's it's like in the phaser family uh-huh. kind of, um, but like I don't know. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't sound. Dude, that like, wasn't the, sp- the that was spot, it. bro. <laughs> All I'm saying is the song's nine minutes long. I listened uh-huh. to it multiple times and I could not find the killer lead bass part. Dude, we'll we'll throw this on the turntable, bro. Okay, well that doesn't do these listeners any good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so j- if you're at home and you have this, or you can YouTube it, like listen to Call of Cthulhu for eight minutes and 52 seconds. Yeah. And tell us if you can hear this killer lead bass, because Sam says it's there, but he can't find it, and I can't find it. The The notes say it's there, but I don't hear it. But that song is sweet. Call of Cthulhu is sweet, too. I was going to end up talking about this anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> my favorite, a lot of, th- they're not my favorite songs because they miss something without lyrics. But I love all their instrumentals. You know, every time they do, every time Metallica does an instrumental song, I like it. And I think I, I figured out why. Because you can do whatever sweet riff you want yeah. and throw them together. And you don't have to worry about adding a vocal line to mm. it. Adding vocal melodies is hard sometimes. It's a lot easier to just throw some sweet guitar stuff together and make it into a song. Right. So like the instrumentals always work and they're always cool. Dude, like Orion. Yep, is an you know. awesome. That one is sweet. Yeah. And they and even like they open, I don't know, is is the first song uh, on here it's is just it going like to be an adventure? Yeah, is know? it going to be one of your three songs that we're going to talk about? Is it like your the one we would cover? No. Okay, then I'm going to play it here. Here's the beginning, Fight Fire with Fire. This is the first track. beginning was the part i was interested in the like cool sounding part Mm. um i wanted to let it go a little bit because i wanted to talk a little bit about that song too like i really like call of cthulhu yeah i don't like fight fire with fire well so metallica from ride the lightning you Mm -hmm. start with like that well fight fire with fire is the album opener yeah yeah that was if i wasn't clear that's the first song yeah so it starts out with like that quiet riff and then it goes into this this thrash you know mm-hmm. this threat but the same thing happens on master puppets with battery right and the same thing happens with injustice for all with blackened yep you know so that's just like the structure that they went with mm-hmm. with the what's the first is uh seek and destroy the first song on uh kill em all no um hit the lights it does start out with like kind of uh just gets louder Oh, okay. And then it just goes in the, the riff. Is it good? Yeah, dude. Is Kill Em All good? Yeah. Should I buy it? Yeah, of course, bro. Is it better than Injustice for All? I like it more. I like the riffs more. Is it better than... I know that a lot of people think Master of Puppets is like their masterpiece, uh-huh. but I like Ride the Lightning better yeah, than that. Master of Puppets. What about you? Uh, it just depends what I'm master puppets is a little more like on the metal side. Yeah. This is a little more on the thrash side. I would yeah. say. Yeah. 
So I, I guess my question is, where does Kill 'em All fall for you in those first four? Even though that's not what we're Probably talking about. Probably third. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Third out of your four favorite albums isn't Yeah, bad. Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, Kill 'em All, and probably probably Injustice. So Ride Ride the Lightning's up there for you too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what were you saying before I interrupted? You were saying that Just all that, the albums that start albums that way. Albums open up like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. But battery battery is ten times better than Fight Fire with yeah. Fire. Are you? Th- I yeah, love I, I, battery. I would agree. But battery the, is great. And then the second song is always the album title. Oh. And then the fourth song is like. Fade the Black, Sanitarium, and then One. It's like that quiet ballad to... Unforgiven. Yeah, yeah. Their their idea on that was to reverse it, to like start heavy and then to end quiet. Hmm. That's what I heard anyway. Well, and I also, I think a lot of bands do that still. we, We should talk about this sometime, but my friends had a theory uh-huh. Not, not all my friends, but I had friends who would talk about how the fourth song on every album is the best one. Oh, yeah. And it I don't think it actually was the best one, but a lot of albums, it's just like the different one. Now, some of them, it's just, you know, obviously this isn't true of every album, uh-huh. but like Rage Against the Machine does the same thing. Settle for Nothing on their, on their uh, self-titled first album is like the only song that is like, I don't know. A suicide note, like it's depressing, and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's well, it's not. It's boring. It's a slog. Yeah. And and then they do the same thing on Battle for of Los Angeles. It's like another like drudge. So I don't know. Th- that that's a bad example. <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought it up. But but there is. I think there's something to be said. The fourth song means something when they're arranging a CD or album. Well, that's interesting because at this time, you know, you were had Anthrax, uh, Megadeth, and um, mm-hmm. Slayer, and people were like, "What the hell are you doing putting an acoustic track on a thrash album?" Yeah, you know, it was just unheard of. Right, and you know, Metallica did it, man. Yeah, and they did it good. Speaking of, we already talked about this, but I have to bring it up again. I got an argument with a buddy from college uh-huh. about whether or not. Um, <clears throat> whether or not Metall- he said Metallica until Load maybe until Black Album it doesn't matter he said that they never put an acoustic guitar on an album before you definitely fade the black and I, and I was like I was like no now I have to admit that this is one of those arguments I started without actually knowing if I was right I probably still <laughs> do. do that a lot? <laughs> I probably still do. I really try to watch myself now, but back then I used to do that all the time. I would just argue with my gut feeling. Yeah, and I was just like, "No, that's not right." And it turns out I I was right. Cause take a listen to this, and you just try to tell me there's no acoustic guitar in here.
Yeah, so like if the first minute of that riffage wasn't an acoustic guitar, certainly what happens at the minute mark is. You know, that... Oh, the A minor yeah. to the C to the G to the... Right, like you might you might be able to convince me that the first part, like the boom, 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 uh-huh. boom, 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 is like an electric with an acoustic guitar simulator on it or something. Right. But that riff after that, uh-huh. at the minute mark, is a 12 string. Like it has to be. So, sorry, John. Like, you're going to have to call in and admit that I was right about that. Okay, buddy. buddy. I'm sure I'm sure most of the arguments you were right about, but this one I was right. This one I was right. Okay, Sam found something on the back of this album, uh, this vinyl. It's a phone number for, what is this? Do you, Here, I'll just show you. Do it's you want to call that or this? Important? Import ant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They make those two, that word look like two words. So it's like import ant record distributors with a phone number and Megaforce Records with another phone number. Yeah, I go with the Megaforce, bro. Okay, give me the number. We're going to call it. All right. 201 area code. Okay. 679. You all at home can do the same. 1179. 6791179. Okay, let's see what happens. 6791179. Yeah. It's New Jersey. It's ringing. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's also 10:15, so dude, leave a message. <laughs> All right, we're, hi. We're uh, we're calling Megaforce Records. This is on the back of the Ride the Lightning uh, vinyl album, and we this album had an insert in it for a five dollar membership to the Metallica fan club, and we just wanted to know if that rate was still good. Um, so if you could call us back, um, you might have this number now. But the number is. Uh, well, I don't, we're on a podcast right now, so I don't want to give my phone number to all the fans. But if you have the phone number, please feel free to call me back and update us with any price changes. Um, and maybe the uh, red uh, Metallica logo and gold pin is still available for $3. That would be fabulous. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Dude. Dude, let me know <laughs> if call you back. <laughs> Do you think... It, do you think that's just somebody's cell phone now? Definitely. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> How many phone calls do you think they get? I don't know, man. <laughs> they definitely need to leave a voicemail on there, like a voice <laughs> message, so they know. So that guy or woman is probably just sitting on their couch, minding their business, like, fuck. <laughs> like, not another Metallica <laughs> fan. <laughs> that's, oh, well, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Maybe we'll call import and <laughs> yeah. imports later and see what they're doing. So, <laughs> okay. How did we get to fade to black? I don't even remember. Um, the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Anyway, not important. So oh, we, the fourth song. Yeah, the fourth song. That's right. Okay. Fade to black is great. 
it was one of those songs. Wasn't that one of the songs that kind of got Metallica in trouble? Like this song is telling people to commit suicide. This song from the interviews I saw is about them getting their um, like equipment stolen. Well, and those people are stupid. The people who are like blaming fade to black for their kid's suicide. Mm. Um, I mean, I hate to have someone who has a dead kid call them. I hate to call them stupid, but, but they're blaming, they're blaming their problem on something that it can't be blamed for that, you know? Um, but also it doesn't sound like a song that's about getting your equipment stolen. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Need the end to set me free. Like what are they talking about? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a song about death. So I get what parents would say there. I mean, it does sound like a sad song. There's lots of lyrics that are sad. Yeah. But it doesn't like encourage you to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But it also doesn't sound like I lost my equipment. <laughs> right. Bring me back my my ESP. Dude, because they played ESP guitars. Actually, yeah. they probably didn't back. I then. think that Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. yeah. Bring me back my flying V. Yo, that was good, bro. Yeah. Might as well call uh, call Weird Al. <laughs> Dude, I have a good Metallica song that Weird Al would like. Okay. So it goes like, vegetarian. <laughs> Leave meat be. <laughs> Yeah, why hasn't yeah. he done that? I don't yet? know. I I seriously don't know how he has Eat done that. Eat leafy greens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vegetarian. Okay, we've done it. Podcast over. Let's go ahead and call <laughs> him too. Let's go make our own. But yeah, we need to get a Weird Al's vinyl. Yeah. Of you know fat or what? No, it was even worse. Even worse is the Weird Al version of Michael Jackson's Bad. Oh really? Yeah, we need to get that and. Uh, Call the phone number. All right. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. And leave a message. But anyway, that uh, breakdown and fade the black is badass. Yeah. Dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can guess where it is and just play it Dude, for the I people. Dude, I think that's it. Dude, you nailed it. The harmonies here are great. I feel like musicians don't do that anymore. And that's like a metal thing to do is harmonize your lead guitar parts. But it sounds cool. Yeah. And I remember listening to them in an interview talk about it where they learned to do it. They learned to do it from Thin Lizzy. It's not like they learned to do yeah. it from like the most metal of metal bands. Yeah. It's a, it's a musical thing to do. Uh-huh. It sounds good. Yeah, just another. That's another reason I like Kirk Hammett. Yeah, because his his solos are like melodical. Right. Again, not to speak ill of the dead, but Dimebag Daryl is like revered as like this fantastic metal guitar player, and I just don't get it. Like I, what I do get is that his fingers move fast. Mm. But it sounds bad to me. And Kirk Hammett, I know like metal guitar lovers don't love him, 
but I think he's awesome. Yeah, I think he's good too. All his solos are good. They just sound good. Yeah. Stop giving Kirk shit. So we glossed over a few songs there. Did you have anything you wanted to say about Fight Fire with Fire? Dude. Other than I hate it and I think you kind of like it. Like if I close my eyes and if I heard that song, I just picture like two planes and like a fight in the battle in the sky. Well, yeah. You know, just like, shh, you know. Fighting fire with fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that song, the the melody line, the vocal line is just like too bad. Bah. Like it's just bad. Like people turned off the podcast when they heard me imitate it. Well, if you've turned it back on, I can tell you that the song is not much better. Dude, just that riff when it just comes in, it's just like I know, I just sang it. Yeah. He the vocal line is the same as the riff. Yeah. And I hate it. Now when it changes a little bit. And they, they start moving it around, uh-huh. and it's a little, like, more uh, articulated. Like, that that is also a muddy riff. And then they then they chain, then they move to the pre-courses or whatever, and it's, like, a little more articulated, and there's more, like, dude, it's less chromatic, more movement. It's dude, better. Dude, what about that solo? Because they're both harmonizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The solo is cool. Yeah. I mean, there's cool. There, I can listen to it, but... I don't like it. Uh-huh. So we still haven't talked about your which song you'd cover. Dude, I would definitely cover For Whom the Bell Tolls. Okay. When you're listening to the radio, it's like, am I about to hear For Whom the Bell yeah. Tolls or Hell's Bells? Looks like my CD had some scratches on it. Right. That is easy and tasty. Yeah. Super appropriate. Yeah, easy and tasty. They don't start singing until like a minute 45 into that song, and the song's only five minutes long. I know. Dude, I remember <laughs> showing a friend the song, and they were just like looking at me like I was crazy. Like, Why? There's no words, man. <laughs> I'm like, just wait, dude. That's funny. You, <laughs> you know the song we used um, for the the podcast opener last season the one that's like down down oh yeah down. yeah so that's a song i wrote in high school that we the band the high school band i was in used to play that as a full fully realized oh, song really? but the fully realized song had that riff and then it went through like a pre-chorus sort of and then it went back to the riff and just it was like 
a minute and a half before any vocals mm. came in. And my other guitar player played it for his dad after we finally put it down for a recording and his dad's listening to it and there's no vocals for a minute and a half. And before any vocals came on, he was like, is this heavy metal? <laughs> Which is such a dad. First sign of heavy metal. No <laughs> lyrics. And first sign that you're a dad. Yeah. That the first question out of your mouth, out of your son's song is, is this heavy metal? Is Dude. this heavy metal, son? So I take back what I said about my introduction to Ride the Lightning because now I remember my dad made me an MP3 player. Oh. Of like songs. There's like Electric Eye by Judas Priest. Oh, yeah. There's Sanitarium, For Whom the Bell Tolls, man. That yeah. was like my first song I heard off of Ride the Lightning. So are these your dad's jams? Dude, some of them do. Your dad is a metal But guy? I told him I was like ACDC. Oh, okay. I told him that's like the stuff I liked. Okay. And then I saw when I saw Metallica the first time, they didn't play for Bell mm. Tolls Band, and I was so bummed out. But then the second time they did, so it was okay. Okay, um, that song's good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a not, classic, dude. It is a classic. It's obviously not the one I'd cover. Not yeah. my favorite because I, I like Creeping Death, and I actually like Fade to Black better too. Um, but. From the Bell Tolls is like a classic. Yeah. Like, I, one gets revered, I think, because of the music video. Like, people right. remember one and think that one is Metallica's, like, metal opus, kind of, or thrash yeah. metal opus. I think For Whom the Bell Tolls is their, like, signature early metal song. Or Master of Puppets. Yeah. The, one of those two. I'd put those both ahead of one. I don't think one's that good. We're going to talk about it someday. All right. One's just okay. It's crazy because it has the double bass. Yeah, that's why I like it. Yeah, but like... I mean, it's catchy. It's just... that. That's why uh, kind I of. say like Lars Ulrich is the Ringo Starr of metal. I was waiting for you to say yeah. that. I mean, it's this... I've been thinking about that more and more. I'm, I know why people would say that. I'm not sure. I totally I say agree. That. I've never heard anybody say that. Oh, okay. Well, then just, I just, I just don't agree it, with you. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It's not really in the um, first few albums. It's mostly like kind of like Matt Injustice for All to okay reload. I guess how so? Because maybe I agree with you. So you got like one, mm-hmm. and then you got um. Just songs like Inner Sandman, like the kind of like Tom stuff yeah. that's going on. And then uh, like Until It Sleeps, like songs where like the drums are a significant part of the song. Or yeah. like there's an actual drum riff. Yeah. Like, like come together. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. I can agree with you then. Because I was listening to this album and thinking about how you would say that. How you've said to me before that Lars Ulrich is the Ringo star of this era. And to me, what that kind of meant was, and I interpreted your statement incorrectly, but the way I took it was, Lars is a shitty drummer that everyone everyone modeled themselves after. Like, that was what Ringo said about himself was, like, he's a, he, I don't think Ringo says he's a bad drummer, but, like, the implication is, Ringo's a crappy drummer. Everybody in the Beatles could play drums just as well as Ringo. But other drummers would, like, emulate Ringo because yeah. he was so famous and I don't hear when I hear 
like ride the lightning and I hear Lars's drums in there. I don't hear a whole lot of other drummers that I'm like, Oh, they're influenced by Lars Ulrich. Uh And like, maybe this is a compliment, but he sounds pretty unique to me. I don't really like it. Yeah. It's just a, it's fine. I don't like it, but I don't hear other people that do it that way. I think that's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just the way he plays. Yeah. He's always, yeah. He leaves a lot of empty space. Yeah. Which gen- usually I like. I, well, sometimes I'm playing with the bandits and I do like one, a Lars fill. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Yeah, usually <laughs> you know? I don't like it. <laughs> and it, but, Well, you, should, you shouldn't let that hurt your feelings, though, because, uh, frankly, what you're going for, you do well. Yeah, yeah. But even on this, I'm like, why'd you leave so much empty space uh-huh. there? Like, I don't know. I just don't. And part of it, to be fair, is the recording. Like my, I, ha- I, my CD isn't like the remastered version. Mm-hmm. This is just taken from the analog tapes and put on CD, like they used to do. And it doesn't have a lot of punch. Like I heard, I actually heard for whom the bell tolls on the radio the other day. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of file they're using on the. I know they're using digital files on the radio, but I don't know where they're coming from. But it's remastered or something. Like when I heard it on the radio, I almost didn't recognize it because oh, it really? sounded so much better than my CD. So, or at least I could be imagining that. But it sounded punchier, and I love punchy drums. Mm. And this the, the album just doesn't sound that punchy to me. Like I enjoy listening to it, but it doesn't like have a lot of balls yeah. to me. Um. Anyway, so. For whom the that's a great song. It's yeah. a good song. Can't deny it. So my my cover was called um, "Creeping Death." Your cover is "From the Bell Tolls." My um, we've actually already talked about my cut. I'd cut "Fight Fire with Fire," which oh, is really? that's not a good sign when you cut the first song from the album. But I, I just hate the vocal melody, mm. and I, and the I I also hate that style. This is another thing I'm I'm not in love with uh, with Lars is. And this isn't Lars. Like, this is Lars knowing, like, what drums are supposed to be for metal. But, like, I hate this drum. Oh, crap. Oh, geez. Sorry. I fell asleep um, while that was going on. That was what happened there. Did you really fall asleep? I didn't really fall asleep, but or like did you get hypnotized <laughs> by the lightning, bro. No, it's so boring to me. Like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. like I don't. There's no dynamic. There's no dynamic. It's yeah. just not interesting. So that's why I'm not. I'd cut it. What would you cut? If you, ha- I know you love it, but what would you I cut? I love it, dude. I I just love it, dude. I would totally cut a- Escape. I'm sad that you picked that. I really, dude, really like it. Dude, I like it too, man. Oh, you, it's just the one you like the least. Simply. It 
if there's one that doesn't fit on the album, it's Escape, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we'll break the break the cocoon. The cocoon break, the cocoon, break the cocoon a little dude. bit. We talked about we were talking about this album like uh last weekend and you or no, it was last week and you asked me, I think, if I remembered Escape or if Yeah. Or what I thought about it or whatever. And I hadn't I didn't remember it. Uh-huh. But then when I went back and listened to it, I was like, Oh yeah, I like this song. It's um and I think the way I described it was it kind of it sounds like it belongs at the end of like a Sylvester Stallone sequel to Over the Top. Like the chorus in the song is really like triumphant uh-huh. and like uplifting. Yeah, e- even like the melody is. Yeah. Life's for my own to live my own way. Like if I sang that to you, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, it's fucking 1984 Metallica. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drop the f bomb, but, but like you wouldn't put that lyric and that melody with an old Metallica song. Yeah. So I kind of agree. It doesn't fit. And you told me that they never play this live. They never, never play Escape Live. Dude, there was like a concert where they played Ride the Lightning all the way through. And James Hetfield's like, here it is. You asked for it. And that's probably like the only time they ever played it. That's so interesting. Because for those people who don't know, like Metallica's kind of known for having such a big catalog and they play like deep tracks, they yeah. play deep tracks and they play, they make a point to like not play the same show all the time. Uh-huh. So they've got this vast catalog and they use it to make an interesting show to them and the audience by playing songs they wouldn't normally do. So why do they avoid this one? I have no idea. The only thing I can figure it's easy. It'd be an easy song. I wonder if it's kind of tough for him to sing. It's oh, kind of maybe. in the higher register, and his yeah. voice got lower, significantly lower, like um, as he's gotten older. But he's still singing "Kill 'Em All" songs, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe they just feel like it doesn't fit. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's something. Maybe it's something about Cliff Burton. Yeah, I've, I don't know. But they still play like Orion. And they yeah. still play songs like that. I don't know. It's a good song, though. I know you said it's the, your least favorite on here, but for me, it's top four or five. Like top, I know there's only eight songs, yeah. but the album's really good. So, but let me put it another way. I've heard Fade to Black and For Whom the Bell Tolls enough and Creeping Death enough that I'm probably more likely to pay, play Escape before any of those. That makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, I... I loved Escape when I first heard it because, like, no one knows that song. Yeah. That's probably, like, the least famous Metallica song. It must. I mean, if they never play it, I guess. I mean, may, to to a certain audience. You know, I bet all the metalheads know Escape, but the people who, like... Let me put it a different way. Yeah. I think Escape, if it were on Injustice for All, would be my favorite song. Oh, yeah. I think it's better than literally every song on there, including one. Dude, I love Blackened, man. I I just don't. And I am, song Injustice for All. I am just not into it. Yeah, at all. But Escape's good, actually good. So I'm not mad at you for cutting it because I mean they're all pretty good. But I really like Escape. Yeah, I like it. It was close. It was close to my hidden gem. But I have a feeling now that we've gone through some of these, and I don't think we've talked about your hidden gem yet, right? I don't know, man. Have we? We haven't talked about mine. So, see these? I don't. These aren't hidden gems to me because I just 
Okay. Oh. Oh yeah. That, you know what? I have to tell everyone what the hidden gem is in case you've never listened to this show before. The hidden gem is the best song on the album that is not a single. This earlier albums are weirder about their single releases, and I suppose in a way, where music is probably moving into an era where, like, it's also moving forward. It's going to be weird because I read some article today that like albums are going to go away. Like people are only going to release singles now, which sucks. I yeah. hope people are wrong about that. Yeah. Well, but maybe because vinyl was still popular and wouldn't that be a f- kick in the ass yeah. to me who hates vinyl? I'm like a anti-vinyl snob, but the only thing that can s- that can save complete albums, which is something that I hold very dear. Yeah. The only thing that saves complete albums is yuppies and hipsters who think vinyl is cool. Dude, I'm not a hipster, bro. I know you're not, and I n- know you love vinyl, but but I respect your reasoning for vinyl. Vinyl has a different feel, yeah. and I can appreciate that. Like, and I can appreciate people who under who are like, there's a different aesthetic and a different like feel to vinyl. But I don't think that's why a lot of my Instagram friends right. are listening to vinyl. Yeah, you know, because th- you cannot argue that the sound is better. You can't argue that there's like. M- more data I, I in vinyl. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, I shouldn't have said sound is better because that is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there, what I, what I mean is you lose certain frequencies on yeah. vinyl that you, that you won't lose on CD. So literally things are missing that used to be there. If you put them on vinyl, maybe that's okay. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about, the singles that were on Ride the Lightning. So in researching this, what I found was the only um, true radio single, I think I'm get, I might have this backwards, but it doesn't matter because in the end, we're going to be talking about the same three songs. But I think that the only single that was released as a radio single was Creeping Death, which mm. I did not know. I didn't even I didn't know, know that was a yeah. single, period. But it, in some form or another, Creeping Death was a single. And for whom the bell tolls and fade to black were something like promotional singles, or maybe I have that backwards, like I said, but it it's not important. Um, but they weren't like for radio play; they were more to like um, promote the album or yeah. promote album sales or whatever, um, which is a concept I'm not even familiar with. Mm-hmm. But um, but by the way, this album sold like five hundred thousand. This album went gold without any radio airplay at the time like now i think it's six times platinum or something but it's also like 35 years old so um but so that means that ride the lightning for whom the bell tolls and creeping death are not eligible for the hidden gem everything else all the other five are eligible for the hidden gem so and i think we're gonna have the same one dude definitely ride the lightning yeah totally that's that's mine too Oh gosh, I hit play, but I didn't have the volume up, and you gotta have the volume up from the very beginning, right? Am I right? right. Yeah.
That one's good. Dude, so when I saw them in 08 at mm-hmm. the shot, they were, it was the Death Magnetic Tour. So they did That Was Just Your Life, which is a Death Magnetic yep, song. Yep, I, I know that the one. The End of the Line. Mm-hmm. Busted in the Creeping Death. And then they're doing like this big finish at the end of Creeping Death. And they just go in the Ride of the Lightning. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, because I knew the Ride of the Lightning. And I was like, dude, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That opening riff. That is great. Yeah. That's great. Um, th- I think that's a, Ride the Lightning is a good example of what we were talking about earlier about, like, this is a little bit funny. Like, it's a little tongue-in-cheek. Like, this song is about, like, mm-hmm. it being in the electric chair and, you know, dying or whatever. And then, <gasps> I wake up and it was all a dream. Like, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> like, it's at least, like, not hardcore, you know? Dude, it's that riff cheesy. Is hardcore though. Oh yeah, the music is hardcore. Solo is great. Do you know what the saddest part about this song is for me? What? Saddest like I wish it wasn't true. Not sad like it makes me sad, but sad like it would be that song would be perfect except Do you know what my except is? What? Is that Dave Mustaine's a co-writer. That's right. Yeah. So and I didn't know this he's a co-writer in Cthulhu, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth was Metallica's original lead guitar player, and was the he was on Kill 'Em All, like he was yeah. the only guitar player in Kill 'Em All, along with James Hetfield. And then they hired Kirk Hammett, and Kirk Hammett um, recorded these songs, but Mustaine co-wrote "Ride the Lightning" in Call of Cthulhu, which I and I don't know if you do. You, do you know the song "The Four Horsemen"? I know it, but like I couldn't sing it to you right yeah. now, but I know it. So Megadeth has a song called The Mechanic or Mechanics, and it's the same song, like the mm. same riff. Yeah. But it's uh like really fast. Oh, okay. And it's The Four Horsemen? Yeah, they're both the same. The Mechanics. Okay. And then The Four Horsemen are the same. Like, songs. would you... Like instruments. Would you... Be able to recognize it or like right away if I brought it up on YouTube. Totally, or dude. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's you off need... their their debut album, I think, too. Um, can you talk for a minute while I look this up? Yo. <laughs> you got to do better than just <laughs> yo, dude. I just want to say I love Metallica. I know you do, dude. Seriously. I gotta mute it while we. What was the Me- Megadeth song called again? Mechanics with an X on the end. Ooh, I like that little twist. There, that was it, dude. Oh, I saw it. Okay, so here we're gonna have Four Horsemen. Once I skip this ad. Okay, play this next part. Is that far enough? Just stop playing with a uh, chord. Okay. Take your life Under the dead of night With the four horsemen right 
song's pretty sweet. Okay, here's Megadeth. So this has like a little intro, and then it gets into the riff. So maybe skip ahead just like... Yeah. 30 That's seconds? Good, yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. lost every single listener when we played that <laughs> shit. That sucks. <laughs> I hate Megadeth. <laughs> Symphony of Destruction's a cool song. Yeah. And I can't I I have like I don't know a whole lot of Megadeth songs, but like that's why you get kicked out of Metallica cuz you have <laughs> shitty ideas like that. That song sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was like I could play it faster or right. like, you know, he had to just change it cuz he liked this I don't Dude, but Four Horsemen, that was a cool song. Yeah. I, I actually don't remember that song at all. Uh-huh. I know I said I knew it, but I guess I didn't. So, anyway, that was cool. So, um, the only song we didn't talk about is Trapped Under Ice, which is odd because that's the one we were singing to each other <laughs> before cry we recorded. The, I cry out. I'm trapped under ice. It's an okay song. It's not bad. Dude, it's not great. It's more metal than saying you're trapped under ice, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of things more metal. That's a, that has the most like when I go through these and I'm like, whoa, that gives me some imagery. Yeah, like I see right. James Hetfield like under ice. They put his hand up to the. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's what you see. Yeah. It's like no bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the song is just okay. I don't know. I hate to end it on like a lame note like that, Dude, but it wasn't lame. I don't know. We we talked about every other song, so I feel like I had to give Trapped Under Ice its due. Dude, that's that's a great song. Yeah. The beginning of that song. Okay, we better play it just so people know yeah. that when you say the beginning of that song, what they're what they're listening for. To me, that song's better than Fight Fire with Fire, even though the drum beat's the same. Yeah. Because the if you're going to do that drum beat, I like that the guitar riff is more like wide open. You know, it's yeah. not... It's no, not, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not all like just bunched. Uh, right, there's right. There's a lot more space involved. And even though Metallica, like one of the things you have to say about them is that they're super tight. Like yeah. they, like 
if you're going to play it that fast and not get it so muddy, mm-hmm. you better be super tight. And they're tight. But like when you do that, that drum riff that I think is so boring, the way you make the song interesting is to have the guitar parts right. be more open over it, I think. So anyway, that song, that's a, it has its day. That yeah. song's cool. I'd listen it's to like it. It's like when you forget about like yeah. when you play Ride the Lightning. But like, the only oh. one I skip is Fight Fire with Fire. Like when I went to re-listen to this again, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be rough." But then you get to ride the lightning, and you're like, bow, 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 and you're like, "Hell yes, dude!" And then it just takes you on a ride, dude. I ran to that today. Yeah, nice, dude. You should try it, bro. I've been ru- running to podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> which isn't very hardcore. But when I, I if have you're not hardcore. Yeah, unless you live hardcore, bro. But once I start running fast again. Then I'll listen to jams. Dude, as fast as Ride the Lightning. Yeah, maybe. All right. So, you know what we haven't teased? What? We haven't teased at all the Beer Mile competition. Dude. This season might conclude with a Beer Mile competition between Sam and I. Well, it probably will. We were going to start it with one, and then I got hurt. I had an old man fall and bru- I got a bone bruise in my knee. How are you doing? I've been running. Yeah. Yeah. I'm overweight, though. I'm like... uh Two pounds lighter than the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I was. I've lost five pounds since then. So right now I'm not doing too bad, but I'm still not race weight. But that's okay. I don't need to be race weight. Dude, you need to be beer mile. Beer mile weight. Yeah. And I have been drinking. So yeah. I got that training down. So that's good. So we'll ha- we'll definitely have that. So next week, the way these are going to fall, even though we've already recorded it, the way this is going to fall is last week we went over the third worst. I had to think about it for a second. Third worst 90s sophomore album, and that was uh, Freak Show uh-huh. from Silver Chair. Oh, God. I just had this like terrible feeling that like I was wrong about that. <laughs> Ruined the whole recording. But according to my notes, that is correct. And then next week we'll reveal, I won't say it even though we've recorded it, we will reveal the third uh Actually, we probably revealed it early in probably the third episode, like so I'm probably not giving anything away, yeah. but just to be safe, I'm not going to say uh, it, but I'm very excited about it anyway. So, bro, I think that's going to be it dude, for today. that is it. In dude. a reasonable- Check out Ride the Lightning. It's a, another, I know I talk about Blank Check a lot, this podcast, and this is something I do with everything in do my life. Do you get life. them on the show, bro? I wish. I think they're pretty big. Yeah. I don't know. But this is something I do with everything in my life. Like I, we talked about Robert Sapolsky for an hour uh-huh. after the le- because I was just reading this book and I feel like every I have to tell everybody everything that's going on in my life. And once I start like taking something in, I want other yeah. people to know about it. Right. So <clears throat> with this blank check podcast, I'm listening to like all of them and I'm so into it. And I can't remember why I brought this up. Which is a bad way to end the story. Dude, or is it? No. <laughs> maybe it's not. Yeah. Indeed, maybe it's not. No, what I was what I was gonna say, I think I was talking about the length of these. Oh. These are lengthy. But you know, at a solid eighty minutes. It's like a metallic song, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um well anyway, what these guys do on this podcast is they like they they 
get in. They dive mm-hmm. into these things. And to when I'm describing it right now to you listeners, it might sound boring, but I'm telling you that when I listen to them talk about movies that I was never interested in or movies that I used to be interested in and like and then I hear them talk about it, it every single episode I'm like, I want to see that movie now. <laughs> like I really right, want to right. see what they're talking about. And that's what I want. That's mm-hmm. what what you said reminded me. Like you may not like Metallica at all, but go listen to Ride the Lightning cuz it yeah. is good. It is. It's man. good. And that's what that's what this podcast should be doing is yeah. like reminding people how good some of these were and going back and being like, you know, I used to hate Trapped Under Ice, but now that I think about James Headfield cryogenically frozen yeah. or something, yeah. pretty sweet. Escape, I don't love the song, but I do see what Mike's saying about it being yeah. like an right. 80s action hero theme uh-huh. song, right? So go listen to this. It is worth your time, all right? I think I've said all I've needed to say. Dude, it was a roundabout way of getting there. I'm totally going to order some uh, Metallica merch. <laughs> I hope that person calls me back. Dude. What are the odds? What are the odds, bro? Stay tuned. It won't be in week. It won't be in the week five podcast because it's already recorded. But maybe week six. All right, we'll update. I got a story. Young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. I got a story. Yeah, a story once was told. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hey, yeah. Sold their souls.